Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And today we are rejoined on Skype by the always awesome Nathan Marchand of like 14 podcasts. Um, <laughs> and he's joined by the always awesome and intrepid uh, producer Jimmy. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Are you going to talk to Jimmy or not, man? <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, uh, here, that is, that's actually an excellent, that's ex- excellent segue. Jimmy, my boy, I'm so sorry that I didn't respond to you there. Uh, listener, we are doing this over Skype because Chris's laptop is messing up and the Wi-Fi is a little wonky. So I thought the audio cut out there. I am so sorry. Jimmy. Uh, you know, I wouldn't burn you like that, dude. Um, we bonded over Wu-Tang. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, we could have actually just come to Canada this week, but, you know, Jimmy's been too busy using Uber Mogra in his little side hustle, literally with Uber. So uh, just so you know, Chris, the next time you come over to my neck of the woods to be on the film fault, you might just want to fire up the Uber app and find the one and only mech that is in the thing. So I, w- I so I was going to save this as a surprise. I am working on, I I haven't even told Jimmy, so I'm dropping that I'm here for him. Uh, his his work on uh, Mechie uh, Mechanicon uh, has inspired me to do another mech. Um, oh, so no. it, we we and we we talked about this. I think we alluded to it on the last unmade episode I had you on, where we were looking at unmade Godzilla movies. We referenced there was the brief idea at one point of Mecha Mothra. Well, I'm kind of <laughs> taking a page out of that, but I'm not doing it with Mothra. Uh, I oh, am no. Looking, I am looking at the character of uh, that is the main feature of on our, our unmade episode today. I'm trying to figure out if I can if I can piece together a Mecha Gamera. Um, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen something like that. But it's only, but it exists only as a toy. <laughs> it's called Ragnar, and it literally looks like a giant robot turtle with a Gatling gun hand. <laughs> yeah, it was, go to uh, Seismic Toys, and you can buy that. Well, I also recently, because uh, my wife and I have been going through uh, the excellent anime. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, which I did that uh, patron-exclusive episode about, um, and then one of the places I was streaming it through had the uh, the Jap the Japan exclusive anime Beast Wars two, and in one of those, like, there's a turtle, <laughs> like one of the <laughs> one of the Transformers is a turtle, and I was like, oh man, this makes me wonder, like, can we get a Mecha Gamera? I should do Mecha Grammar and take it to the island. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. That's been toyed with. But it, 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 I think this is a good place to tell all of the kaiju lovers. And I didn't get to do my trademark intro because I'm you sorry. Tried to, because you were ignoring Jimmy. But hello, kaiju lovers. <laughs> sort of. It's not the same. It's not the same. That sounded very Mrs. Dowfire for some odd reason. <laughs> I will also say, Jimmy, my boy, I wasn't ignoring you. I'm glad to hear you're doing all right. I'm glad that the Uber Uber side side hustle is going well. Uh, 
it was strictly technical difficulties, my man. I promise. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we are under new management here on the island. The, the It's kind of funny, you know. Uh, Elon Musk has been making headlines for buying a controlling share in Twitter. Well, we had Cameron Winter of Solstice Technologies come in and can buy a controlling share in the island. <laughs> <laughs> which might explain some of our technical issues that or my little mascots. I mean, they mucked around with some things. The last time I had a broadcast here with my, with our friend, Eric Anderson about the blob, I know I brought in Ultramite to keep Goji Kun and Brokong and check. Unfortunately, I think he's getting a little bit distracted by the, uh, by the little magical girl who's shown up here. And I don't mean my pseudo sister. I mean, Serena, I think she's just batting her eyes at him enough that he's neglecting <laughs> to keep the troublemakers in check <laughs> anyway. But yes, we are here to talk about unmade. Camera. <laughs> Camera is really neat. Camera is filled with meat. We've been eating camera. Shell teeth, eyes, legs, thoughts, breath, scales, fun. You laugh, but that's what got me through all of 2021. As well, yeah. I was stuck doing the year of camera thanks to my super villain bosses. Oh, yeah. No, well, that's part of why I was laughing. I'm like, that's that's the one from uh mr science theater yeah i thought so i was like that's from the parody but i'm like it sums up the shawa era perfectly of gamera and i'm like it's surprising that we got from that to the height of the of the high say era and of course um, i'm grouping in gamera the brave with that i'm not i'm not excluding that uh yes yes <laughs> Yes, Jimmy, we know you're disappointed that the one uh, that the one Gamera movie based on a funny chapter of your life never got on the show. <laughs> Although in doing my research on Unmade Gamera, I found out that there's a fan made MST3K episode about that one. Oh, oh, that's cool. Yes. Um, and MST3K's newest season that they are launching on their own streaming platform, I might add, they're going to do one more Gamera movie. Dope, dope. Yep, well, which it, will bring it, their total to six. It'll be nice because, I mean, it, it's nice to have some momentum with uh, Gamera on some streaming thing. Like, don't get me wrong, I've heard amazing things about that Blu-ray box set. Um, but as we will talk about, at, it's like the last entry on this list. There hasn't been much movement uh, with Gamera on the big screen in a while. So I'm like, hey, even though it's MST3K revisiting a Gamera movie, I'm like, nah, it's Gamera. Uh, we're looking at a Gamera movie. It's fitting. We need a new Gamera movie. Yes. I'm, I'm, yes, we I'm do. St I'm still pulling and I got my fingers crossed. I'm not anticipating it, but I'd love it. I'd love to see Gamera show up in yes. the MonsterVerse. To me, it just makes sense. Yes. Um, Gamera should. Gamera was now, mind you, was under dubious mandates. The board did make Gamera, quote unquote, king of the monsters last year, which was fine. It's fine. They're lucky that Godzilla didn't riot, but <laughs> but or Kong for that matter, because they both think they're well, that, top dogs. But <laughs> well, that's the thing when both of the, when both Godzilla and Kong are are chill. 
they're chill. <laughs> it's, it's just rare that they are that chill. But when they get there, they're just like, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm just going to go swim, man. Like, leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was that again, Jimmy? Yeah, sure. Remind me about the first time I was crazy enough to think I could pilot a giant robot and it had to be to separate those two, although they were kicking your shiny metal keister when they were doing it. I need to remind you of that. <laughs> you tried to do it first. I'm just saying. Anyway, let's talk about Unmade Gamera, shall we? Now, exactly. thankfully, there aren't quite as many. <laughs> No, and, and as with Godzilla, but I must once again give special thanks to my friend John LeMay. He is a gentleman and a scholar. I had him on the show actually again uh, on the film on the Monster Island Film Vault uh, just just recently. We talked about them, which is a '50s movie about giant ants, and uh, he which takes place in his home state of New Mexico. And he has done so much. He has made multiple books and magazines. I have here with me the mutated edition of his Lost Films book, which is, it's thick. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where my stuff for Unmade Godzilla came from, and it's where this comes from. He pours over Japanese sources and translates them and compiles them and, and explains them, and it's it is a tremendous resource. You should all go buy his books if you have any sort of interest in kaiju and tokusatsu films. I was going to quickly say uh, the book, much like the legendary Godzilla, is thick. And I don't mean that disparagingly towards the legendary Godzilla. Have you seen Shin Godzilla's thighs? Oh, yeah. Did you that's... watch the Heisei Godzilla films? Yeah. Shin oh, yeah. Heisei. I think the Heisei Godzilla is like the most evenly bodied one. Shin Godzilla. I don't know about like, that. Okay. Shin Godzilla okay, okay. didn't don't... skip leg day. It skipped uh, every other day, but it did okay, not skip but leg day. <laughs> I, I'm going to say this now, and then we're going to end this debate so we can stay on topic. Legendary Goji is a power lifter. Oh, yeah. Get over that, it. Anyway. Oh. Oh, yeah, no, no. Anybody who I, I sorry, I'm just mini, uh, mini rantings. People would like it's ridiculous that it actually got called body. But, yeah, there was that where it's like it's too big. I'm like, are you kidding me? This looks awesome. I love Legendary's build. Legendary looks like a force of friggin nature because body lifter. <laughs> yes. Power lifter. Yes. Power, power lifter. lifter. He's okay. a power lifter. Well, I may have misspoke. Power, be careful. He, be careful. Anything we say incorrectly, Jimmy's going to let us know. That's oh, his yeah, job. I, oh, I know. Oh, I know. My, my, my mental image while I was saying it was like uh, legendary Godzilla doing power lifting multiple gyms with bodybuilders so. <laughs> godzilla walks into a gym and starts hanging out with the rock and arnold schwarzenegger uh, well, <laughs> hey guys how's it going oh godzilla you are here to be, uh, to do some uh, to pump some iron uh, except you are going to the trains <laughs> and then he pumps arnie and just like benches arnie no problem <laughs> all right so yes and uh before as we dive in nathan i'm almost i'm also going to thank you for using the book because listener it is tough to find next to any information about these films outside of this book 
to the degree that as I've been searching online, I've only been able to find references to three of the films and the details are quite limited. Um, so this book was such an invaluable resource for this episode. Yeah. And let me tell you, if anyone has any sort of information on it, they're either using the same sources as John or they're just using John. <laughs> they're just using John's book. So first up, I, I will confess the first one on this list is kind of it straddles the the the, the term unmade, let alone unmade Gamera, because it's an unmade film that got made into Gamera, and then it got made later, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one of my unmade episodes was about a movie that eventually got made. It just discarded like 18 drafts. That's Alien yeah. 3. You can listen to it in the Yeah, archives. but that but the difference is that was started with the intention of making an Alien movie. This was something right. completely different that permutated into Gamera. <laughs> I will explain. Fair. So, this That's was fair. a film called Giant Horde Beast Nezera. Are you following? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I All think right, the so, audio was cutting out a little bit there, so if I don't respond right away, that's why. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Giant Horde Beast Nezera. This was made it was Daie, the studio mm -hmm. that made Gamera, although now they are Katakawa because they got bought out. Listen to the film vault and you'll hear all about this. So this was inspired by the success of King Kong versus Godzilla and Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. King Kong versus Godzilla was just one of the most successful things ever. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Listener, like legit, it, that movie was insanely successful. Yeah, just crazy. So Daie wanted to get in on the on the on what was now the new kaiju trend with their own attack animal movie, hence <laughs> the birds. Except, and if you know your Japanese, you would have picked up on this already. They were going to use rats. <laughs> giant rats so here's the story here's what would have been the story i should say sasashima an island near tokyo oh on sasashima an island near tokyo a food company creates a superfood called s602 but it causes horrible mutations to any person who eats it the local rat population consumes it grows huge and attacks people as you do the island is sprayed with poison gas, but some of the big rats swim to Tokyo and run amok, also as you do. Their pack leader is an even bigger rat called Nazara. Eventually, the rats' voracious appetites lead them to eat each other. That's how the movie ends. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say before you continue, I've been chuckling this whole time because I can't help but picture the absolutely terrible rat costumes from Power Rangers when it was the White Ranger and the Green Ranger fighting and the rest were back in time in the Wild West and it was those horrible rat costumes. Uh, I'm picturing that. <laughs> I was actually picturing the Rouse. The Rouse. Rodent of unusual size. I know that one. I just can't picture it. The Princess Bride! <laughs> thank you thank you I, listen listen i know i know you and uh, the 
Um, the other gentleman from the book will yell at me, but <laughs> um, sorry. And uh, the other, the other random thought I had was when you were like, Dae was like, Hey, we want to get in on this attack animal thing. I was like, ah, yes. Much like we'd see in the seventies where after jaws was a huge hit, suddenly everybody's <laughs> like, we got to do killer animal movies. Looking at you, Orca or Barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> or even piranha but <laughs> this is not a new i'm like ah yes hollywood being like let's cash in we all well, know this happening is the, with marvel these are japanese and, studios though oh yeah no no but i mean like like business is cashing in it's like people will point at it like look what they did after the dark knight it's like man no look at what they did after godzilla versus king kong look what they did after yep Jaws. basically so here's the funny thing they did actually get started on this film they filmed about, they shot about 3,000 feet. And just to be nice to you, Mr. Canada, I put it in metric for you. <laughs> Listen, just get on the level of uh, every other country that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I live on Monster Island. Everyone uses metric. It drives me nuts. Anyway, so they shot about 3,000 feet of film which and about 20 minutes of special effects footage. It was to be directed by Mitsuo Murayama, who... In 1957, directed a, I haven't seen this yet, a weird little movie that, no joke, is titled The Invisible Man versus the Human Fly, or Die. <laughs> and future Gamera director Noriaki Yuasa, you'll hear that name a lot, <laughs> was involved with the production. They did build a three foot or one meter remote controlled rat and a rat suit. <laughs> For the film, so you, you read ahead, obviously. <laughs> well, All right. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> here's, here's where you get to uh, the infamous parts of this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. They considered using puppets, but no, that was deemed too unrealistic. No. So then they came up with a brilliant idea, or at least it seemed brilliant at the time, Let's use real rats on a miniature yeah. set. Now, funny enough, there was an American film that did something like that in the early 70s. <laughs> I was on Kaiju Weekly about that one. <laughs> Night of the Lepus, which is about giant killer rabbits. And no holy hand grenade to help them out in that one. But they did use miniature sets and real rabbits. Well, guess what? Rabbits are a little easier to deal with than rats. <laughs> and Daye launched a huge publicity campaign about this. They even offered money to people who would bring them captured rats to use in the film. Oh, boy. So and the next part, the next uh, in the set and just a little warning for our listeners. We're about to hear some stuff that would definitely get categorized as animal cruelty, and it would not fly in any production these days. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Are you ready? So we have the brilliant idea. Let's use real rats on a miniature set. Oh, the problems that caused. (sighs) Here's a a light black, but then the rats would just like the die off. Rats are nocturnal, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't move under the bright studio lights. 
and the the filmmakers had to res- had to resort to basically shocking the rats to get them to move. Oh man! <laughs> so put, like, I guess they would electrify the set a little bit and just give them little little gentle shocks to get them to move. Uh, the rats brought in a basically a plague of fleas, lice, and ticks. Yep. Uh, the rats would eat each other, just like in the script. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a that's a case of they're like, hey, rats do that in real life, so we'll put that in the movie, and then, <laughs> yep, yep, the actors and, the actors went super method. This is what Daniel Day Lewis would do if he was allowed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, because of this, they had to spray the studio with pesticides, and the crew had to wear gas masks. While they were working, neighboring businesses near the studio were complaining about runaway rats. So some of the rats would get away and they get into their businesses. (laughs) Yep. It was to say it was an unmitigated disaster would be an understatement. The assistant director slash chairman of the health union shut the movie down. They and then here's a wild part of the story. They a bunch of the rats died while they were trying to make this movie. And then. The crew took them out and burned them. And this was one of the most talked about events in the Japanese film community. And rumor has it, the crew held a memorial for the dead rats. Oh, man. (laughs) Yuasa supposedly put a trailer together with what little footage that they had of the movie. So apparently that's out there. He claims he made it, but no one's found it. And so you're probably asking, how in the heck does this have anything to do with Gamera? By the way, Nezu is the Japanese word for rat, hence Nezura, like Gamera or Gojira. That suffix is basically what we translate like in Gojira, and that becomes Godzilla. It's basically the same as Zilla. It's weird how it works, but that's why you'll see, you know, Mothra, Batra, Ghidorah, you know, it's in all of these kinds. We don't get Rodan, we don't get uh, Rodana, but. No, but Rodan, Rodan uh, Rodan got his name by putting different syllables of Pteranodon together. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you're probably wondering, how does this have anything to do with Gamera? Well, Daye didn't want to waste the miniature sets and everything that they had made for this failed movie. So the head of the studio came up with an idea about a giant turtle and they went with that the rest <laughs> is history you can hear all about this in MIFV episode 32 get used to the shameless self the shameless self promotion you're going to be hearing it a lot yep well you did do the year of gamera it, yes. it just works <laughs> yes so i also led with saying this movie kind of got made years mm-hmm. later and that's because in 2020 there was an indie mockumentary called Nezara 1964 that dramatizes the failed making of this movie. And it was released by SRS Cinema on Blu-ray, and you can now stream it on Tubi. And I think that's how I was slightly familiar with some of this. I haven't watched it, but I was reading about it, and they talk about some of these details. And that's Mm -hmm. where I knew some of what you were saying Mm -hmm. before you got there. I'm like, this all sounds familiar, but I yep. didn't know this. <laughs> yep. And there is one actress uh, who's in Nezra 1964 who was in Gamera the Brave. She was the little girl that starts the, the, the relay. I can't remember her full name. Her first name is Sunflower. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say 
I'm glad the rat movie didn't get made. I know it technically did, but I, I, I'd like, I can't see that eventually becoming the amazing. I can't see a rat. Uh, I can't see Nezra eventually getting us to the height of the Gamera high stage trilogy. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Say. Yeah. <laughs> Although we can move on to the next one. Yes. I uh, think out of all of these that we're going to talk about today, other than one that would, uh, other than one that would have featured the biggest possible guest star, this is the one I think I would have. Wa- I think I want made the most. <laughs> well, heck, <laughs> based on based on title alone, I'm like, nah, this one's got me interested. Uh, all right. So, tell this us. One, uh, <laughs> the next one is uh, from 19, uh, or it's from around 66. Uh, this was originally going to be called Gamera versus the Ice Men from Outer Space, which I want a T-shirt and a poster with that <laughs> that title on it. Like that's just, that title. I'm like, look, I know what I'm getting, and I am in. Ice Men uh, from Outer Space <laughs> sounds like somebody's nerdy tribute band. <laughs> nerdy tribute like thrash power metal band. Too, where they like Michael sure. Trashy, but they're like Gene Theater, except not as like, hey, let's do thirty-minute songs. Um, <laughs> I'm still waiting on all of those metal bands that we talked about on the Super <laughs> Infrared episode of Man. <laughs> Man, Thunderfist. We're, we're, we're giving them the ideas. We're we're like people looking for band names, kaiju the- and Sentai-based the- band themes and names. You're welcome. All right, yeah, anyway, so. so. Uh, Gamera Ice versus Men. the Icemen from Outer Space. This eventually became 1966's Gamera versus Baragon. Uh, Barugon. So sti- Barugon. 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 Yeah, Baragon's yeah, a different monster. I was about <laughs> to say. D- owned by a different company. <laughs> I was about to say my bard. Um, so, <laughs> now I've messed myself up. Barugon. Right. The U and not the A. Um, all right. So the story was going to be flying saucers appear and then it, and the alien mice sorry dang it i said mice, mice men mice sorry, men. i got i got rats on the brain yes we've already uh dealt, talked about the rats jimmy but mice men <laughs> so uh, of mice and men of ice and then anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> now i'm just picturing arnold schwarzenegger as mr freeze doing <laughs> mice and men <laughs> anyways <laughs> <laughs> what killed the camera? <laughs> the ice age. Anyway, your token Mr. Freeze Arnold Schwarzenegger reference. Moving on. Uh, um, yeah, sorry, I've got rats on. Um, clear my head. All right, so flying saucers appear, and the alien icemen aboard them cause volcanic eruptions around the world, using uh, IW. Pardon. Low megaton. Sorry. Low megaton. Okay, sorry. I thought this was like alien where it's like one W O megaton, where it's like no. ultra. All right, so low megaton nukes nukes, and this in turn blocks the sun and plunges the world into darkness. Meanwhile, Gamma escapes from the from the plan from the plan Z rocket, and that's what he was put in at the end of the first movie. Um mm-hmm. and returns to Earth. Just as humanity attacks the Icemen, who unleash an ice giant in retaliation. Gamera fights and defeats the ice giant. Um, 
So here's a little bit of notes, uh, further notes. And thank you for getting this from the book, Nathan, because I on like mm-hmm. the article that I found on this on Wikizilla does not have this detail. Um, so the uh, the Icemen would have been transparent with skeletons and organs visible through their skin. That sounds horrifying, but I'm it damaged. does. But um, it also sounds kind of like old school sci fi. Awesome. I kind of want Legit, as I'm reading this, I'm like, I sorry, I've just been on a uh, Jujutsu Kaisen kick, and I'm like, okay, give me an animated version of this movie by those guys, and holy cow, this or a comic. It. I'll take, I'll or take a comic, comic too. Yeah. Um. So then the uh, so the ice giant would would have been inspired by the uh, the Jotun frost giant from Norse mythology. Um. The three main characters from the first Gamera film. Uh, Dr. Hidaka, his assistant Kyoko, and reporter um, Aoyagi. Ayagi? Aoyagi. I'm butchering his name. I'm so sorry. Um, Ayagi. They would have returned. At one point, Hidaka um, leads a plan to thaw a frozen Gamera, sees, uh, which is something similar that happens in Barugan. Um, the fire and ice themes from that also carried over. Uh, author LeMay uh, theorizes that Baragon has a death rainbow because of the <laughs> There's another band name for you, Death Rainbow. <laughs> Seriously, right? Um, because of the North Mythology collection, uh, connection. Connection, yeah, the Bifrost. Uh, the bi- yeah, exactly. I was like, we've all seen Thor. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the ice giant eventually... Ev- eventually led to Dimogen and yep. listener yep. Uh, Nathan goes into this in detail in uh, the Monster Island Film Vault episodes 22, 24, 26, and 34. Um, and Baragon and uh, Dimogen were on a double bill. I I'm find that you. interesting. This sounds, I'm with you, man. This sounds awesome. Like given what, even given what the Shawa era Gamera films were, this sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I want to see this one realized in some form or another. These weirdo Icemen, alien Icemen, the Ice Giant. I just, I want to see this. <laughs> in, in some ways, I think this reminds me, uh, like, this is, like, Gamera, uh, Shawa Gamera, before he became, like, what, when people think Shawagamara, they think of like the worst entries because the quality didn't necessarily like the quality wasn't there. This you're like, all right, this is before that. And it reminds me in a lot of ways of some of the, the better uh, Shawa Godzilla films where I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that with Gamera, like this has got that, the show absurdity um, with Gamera before we got to Shawa uh, Gamera absurdity where I'm like, yes, I want this. Oh my gosh. Yes. But I also want more Gamera. Um, so <laughs> there's this is wild, but I want this. I, I I might want this more than one of the other movies we're we're talking about later. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's just it's just sounds just the visuals of this. You know, yeah. these see-through ice men. This is nightmare fuel. The only thing I could think of that's kind of like this is you remember Blight from Batman Beyond. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, kind of reminds me of that. You know, where you can well, see their uh, their skin with you know because uh, their skin's transparent. It just that just sounds so frightening. And I, 
this is honestly probably would have been beyond certainly would have been beyond what Daye was capable of doing. I well, think in some uh, ways, I'm... maybe Toho at this point, but even mm. that, even for a Hollywood production, I think this would be very difficult to realize in the mid sixties. Well, and that's the thing, like I, as much as we're, as much as we're like, Hey, what they're, what they're visualizing for the, for the Iceman, like, I think the reality is, like, it wouldn't be as low budget as, like, those skeleton t-shirts that you get where it's just, like, <laughs> the bones. But it's like, okay, it would probably be something closer to that than something where it's, like, modern day you could see this happening where it's translucent skin. And it would be closer to skeleton t-shirt than, like, say, Lord Zed, even edgier. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what I'm picturing with the Iceman. Like Lord Zed, but even grosser. <laughs> like it'd be closer to the that's a skeleton T-shirt. But if it, if you were to do this, like that's where I'm like, if you do this animated, then that's the nice thing. With um, I'll do a quick plug for something you're involved in that um, <laughs> you hadn't plugged. But it's something that um, uh, uh, the creator of the Power Rangers audio drama brings up. Oh, uh, Carl Dutton. Yeah, it's something <laughs> friend Carl, of mine. Carl Dutton brings up where he's like. The advantage of the audio drama is like you can do this without worrying about the budget. If you did this, if you did this animated, you could get the horrificness uh, that they pictured with the Iceman, where it would actually be that body horror, horrifying thing, and not a dude in a skeleton T-shirt that's colored slightly red as well. <laughs> oh, that's funny that you bring up the audio drama and skeletons. Yep, right? yep exactly. Because I'm the voice of Rita. I'm yeah, Rito. Exactly. How's it going? You want to be the gold art to my Rito? We can do that. Totally. <laughs> I was just going to listen to the audio drama. You get to hear me do this all the time. Exactly. I was going to say, listener, uh, Nathan has recently joined the cast of the Power Rangers <laughs> audio drama. And not to turn this into a Power Rangers episode, I'm just saying, I've said it on the shorts. It's the best thing coming out of the Power Rangers fandom. And, dude, I love that you're a part of it. And I love your take on Rito. Um, <laughs> I, I'm the o I found out I'm the only Rito now because the original voice actor died. Oh, no. I didn't know so that. So all the other cast members are talking about meeting the uh, actors who originally played their characters. And I'm just like, I can't do that. Well, you can't, nor can, um, nor can the person who voices Zed. No. Yeah. And Omri's cool. So. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, if you ever want to have me on to talk about being on the audio <laughs> drama, let me know. Anyway, I might even be able to oh, yeah, no, put, you, I might we'll, even we'll be able to put you in contact with Carl and he'll come yeah, on no, the show. I, so. Eventually, it, that is an idea I've got for down the pipeline. But I'm also like, hey, I don't want to send out all the plans because, as we said before we got to the episode, anxiety and depression. They affect your motivation and your enjoyment of stuff. And I don't yep. want to be like, hey, let's do this and then put it off for eternity because. Yes. Anyway, anyway. the Anyways. next one, there's the next one. There's not a whole lot to say about it. Gamera versus Leo Man. I'm automatically right. less interested in this because it's not called Icemen from Outer Space. Yes. <laughs> um, 1971. It never got past the idea phase. There's not a whole lot known about it. It was supposed to be a follow up to Gamera versus Zigra, which should have been the last show a Gamera movie. For various reasons. Oh, that, listener, uh, that if you want more, wounds listen my soul. to the year of Gamera. 
Yes, Jimmy, I know it had a bikini girl for no apparent reason, but still. I mean, it's still was... terrible. And the next one wounded my soul. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's been reported in the West that Leo Man was a two headed monster, but no other design details are known. And it usually gets conflated with the next one that we're going to talk about. Yes. And the next one is what I just decided I'm going to call. Gamera versus the Ghidorah ripoff. Um, <laughs> because that's Except it's only two-thirds of Gamera. <laughs> immediately, that's the thought I had. Because the movie was going to be called uh, Gamera versus the Two-Headed Monster. Um, A Two-Headed but- Monster W. I really, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go without the W. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> no, two-headed monster W or Gamera versus Wyvern. Wyvern, which I mean, that is less intriguing than the two-headed monster W. Um, but I mean, let, let here, let b- before we get into it, I'll just quickly say one. The re- uh, listener, if you're not familiar, the reason. And I made that joke about the ripoff is because Godzilla, his most famous foe, is a creature named Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. <laughs> a, go- a three-headed golden space dragon. And yes, he's as awesome as that sounds. Exactly. <laughs> and say what you will about uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters from 2019. I don't care. Movie's awesome. Ghidorah was gorgeous on the big screen. I've been waiting for that forever. Anyways, moving on. Um, and the name isn't as impressive as Orochi the Eight-Headed Dragon, which, uh, well, that, that is something, and that's, an, so that's something for a different That's time. actual um, Japanese okay. mythology, so... It, it was, and it was one of the most bonkers, <laughs> bonkers kaiju movies I've ever seen. Um, I'll anyways. keep that in mind if I ever get around to it on the film vault. Uh, I will. It's up on the uh, internet archive. I, I would recommend it. Just uh, no. I'm. I'm like. Hmm. Maybe Chris wants to come on for that one. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I actually might. It's. It's got the absurdity that uh, Inframan does, but it doesn't get me as ranty as Inframan. Does. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to the Inframan like, episode of Henshin, then people. <laughs> yep. Yep. If, if you guys, if you guys want to hear Chris rant, it's on that episode. It's one of the most. Anyway, I've ever done. two-headed yes. monster W. So, is two-headed monster W. Um. So this was uh, director uh, Yuasa after the release of Godzilla versus Gigan desi- decided that if Godzilla had a three-headed foe, Ghidorah, uh, Gamera would have a two-headed foe in the form of a monster called the Wyvern. Editorial note here: at this time, people looked at Gamera as like a bit of a Godzilla knockoff. I'm not sure how this would have helped with that reputation. Um, <laughs> Anyways, yeah. <laughs> the wyvern was to be a snake-like, silver-scaled creature three times Gamera's size. So the the Ghidorah influences are really on his sleeve here. Um, it's like, hey, we're- <laughs> apparently he only got second place. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, instead of gold, he's, he's silver. silver. Instead of three, he's two. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, so. 
I'm, I'm, I'm Is having there a bronze teeth. monster who fights King Kong? You know, we could do I that. would take the bronze monster monster over this. <laughs> anyway. It's not such a clear anyways. All right. Um so it was uh it was to have two long necked heads and tattered wings. Tattered wings, which uh sounds like the Warbat and slash the uh Nozuki. Nozuki. And uh, from that, me, Godzilla versus Kong. Right. Uh, well, for me, it's also reminding me, I'm like, okay, look, we're, we've also got like long head necks, Ghidorah, big wings, Ghidorah. Oh, wait, Ghidorah's wait, wait, it, it, the, wait, wait, the comparisons don't end there. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, it was also going to have two feet and no arms like Ghidorah. And it, uh, unlike Ghidorah, it was going to breathe fire. But still, it's like, oh, a projectile thing coming well, from the mouth. Uh, there's also uh, one thing that it can do that Ghidorah can't. Yes, I was going to say, the nice thing is that it, where it would stand out is it would supposedly have also split into two separate creatures later. Now, I'll be honest, if, it, if, if we were doing this in reverse, I would somehow have less of a problem with it. Like, if the majority of the movie was the separate things and then they had to see... Like they joined, it's almost like, hey, it's like Power Rangers when it's the different things and then they combine to make one thing. Always when you take smaller things to make one bigger thing, you're like, awesome. I might be like, all right, it's a Ghidorah ripoff, but it's less, <laughs> it's slightly less bad now. But still. Um, so now, I need to uh, give a little bit of background on this one. The, yeah. the reason I bring this up is because... <laughs> one of the only things that got Gamera versus Zigra made is because they got a huge sponsorship from I forget where it was. <laughs> if Jimmy wants to bother looking it up, he can. But it was <laughs> uh, basically Japanese SeaWorld, and they filmed a lot of the movie there. <laughs> so you know, it was so they basically got a glorified sponsorship out of it, and they were going to do Cor the same thing here. Corporate sponsorships, uh, because there it seems like. Uh, Wy uh, Wyvern and um, Gara Sharp weren't the same things. Uh, oh, no, well, no, you gotta tell later. you, you didn't read who was sponsoring it. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I missed that part. Um, the, the reason that it was leaning towards the, the creature was uh, this would have tied in with the uh, Miyazaki City Phoenix Natural Zoo, which opened in March of the same year. So it's like, hey, we're going to get a creature that's somewhat similar to something at this zoo. <laughs> yep. It'd be like, oh, well, thank you, Jimmy. Uh, Kamigawa SeaWorld. Ooh, thank you. I was going to say, it's it. Nope, now SeaWorld didn't sponsor the that Orca film I referenced earlier, but maybe they did Free Willy. Anyways, like it's, it's one of those ones. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, but yeah, you were saying, yeah, the, the Wyvern and the and Gara Sharp, which will be the subject of the next one we talk about, weren't the same things. But Yuasa gave conflicting reports, so sometimes Wyvern and Gara Sharp get conflated. <laughs> and that that's also something that uh, I, I think that's something we ran into with some of the uh, Godzilla maids when we did that episode. Yeah. Back in the archives, where some of these things, because like this was 71, and then there's a big gap. Um, and so some of that is like, hey, time and other things. And if it's the if it's similar people involved, these uh these ideas get mixed up. So the final yep. note on this one is um the project was unrealized because Dai uh, declared bankruptcy in 1971, the employees rioted. 
and just, which destroyed many props, including the wyvern suit, um, apparently with a hammer and fire. Um, and you went into more details about this on Monster Island Film Vaults episode um, 44 and 46. Yeah, um, it's insane. I, These people, they were, they, it's basically the, the studio said we're declaring bankruptcy. You're all losing your jobs. So. Uh, the employees rioted and destroyed everything. That's why it's very difficult to find uh, props or even information about a lot of about most Dia movies pre-1971 because it all got destroyed. Bonkers. Bonkers. Um, I was like, if it didn't have the seriousness at the end, I was going to make another joke of like, eh, they destroyed it because they're like, we're we're too ashamed of this Ghidorah ripoff but uh <laughs> <laughs> a part of me I'll, I'll be honest as much as i've ripped on it i'm still like there's stuff where i'm like oh i see exactly why this never got made but i'm still kind of curious this one i this one i am kind of curious where i'd where i'm more curious is like how are you going to like how would they have made this stand out so it wouldn't just be like what I've been editorializing as just like this, to me, this is a clear get or a ripoff. Um, like, how are you going to make this? Uh, yeah, I, I did the get Ghidorah. Uh, and I'm like, Jimmy, I know you're going to do it, but <laughs> it slipped in. But that's where I'm curious. How are you going to do that? Where it's like, okay, this influence is not even on the sleeve of your shirt it is tattooed in neon <laughs> like it is unavoidable so how are you going to make this stand out so it's not that bad that's what i'm curious about like okay how are you going to do it so it's not as bad as it's meaning <laughs> wyvern has a Ghidorah tattoo on his back I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like a detailed full-on tattoo like it's, it's basically it's like it's like picture. it's like hawk in uh, in cobra kai he's got the it's uh, right right there on his back you can't miss it <laughs> like, like it, 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 it it's that's how big that that's how much like like oh man this is clearly that so that's where i'm wondering that's my curiosity like okay, how would you do this where it's like, I got no problem with monsters taking inspiration from other monsters. That's, that's fine. That's part of, that's part of Toku. That's part of Kaiju. That's part of movies and shows, period. But how are you going to do it where it's not this horrible ripoff that it clearly is? <laughs> yeah. Well, the next one, I, uh, I think the next one is kind of, what they were, I think I can see why it gets conflated because I think the next one is kind of the Wyvern idea, but uh, but I think a bit better. Mm -hmm. And it kind of sort of got made a couple of times. It's weird, but not really. I'll get into it. Uh, the title if, if the, here's the title of the Iceman from Outer Space's first album Gamera versus Giant <laughs> Wicked Beast Garashar. <laughs> Seriously, how is this not a, a how is this not a nerdy <laughs> like a nerd thrash power metal album? There's a Christian giant <laughs> wicked beast Garashar. Narnia. I could buy this as an album. They would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we jump ahead a couple of decades. This is 1991. So, so yeah, we so, jumped 20 years. When was yes. the last Shower Gamera? 1980. 
Now that was the clip movie. I mean, the last like non-clip movie. <laughs> I'm still getting over the PTSD for that one. I was gonna <laughs> say. I was gonna say like the listener. I, I don't see Nathan, but I know exactly the look on his face. <laughs> oh, uh, hmm. uh, the the only good thing to come out of that movie was the superhero lady. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember her name now suddenly because that's how traumatized I am. <laughs> but and I'm sure Jimmy is going to find it and explain it for us very here very soon. Oh, no doubt. Uh, uh but yeah, the uh there was a like did Gamera have a like Oh yeah, Z- cuz Zigra, Zigra was 71. So 71. Yeah. All right, so this would have followed up Zigra in the same year and it just did not happen and i'm kind of glad um but moving on 20 years to 1991 <laughs> <laughs> yes 1991 all right so uh, we, giant wicked beast gar sharp so this was intended to be an hour-long direct-to-video special from director yuasa and nisan takahashi the show gamera screenwriter with Monsters designed by Akira Inoue, who was the Showa Gamma production designer. So getting the game back together, basically. It was going to be a tribute slash continuation of the Showa series. Uh, for those who are the uninitiated here, Showa, when we're saying Showa and Heisei and all that, these are terms that refer to different series. And the way the, the names actually come from the eras that uh, that are part of the Japanese calendar, and they divide it up by the the emperor who is reigning at the time. So this was oh. during the Showa era because the emperor's name was it wasn't his given name, but it was his emperor name, his royal name. You could say it was Showa. So that's where that came, so that's where these names are coming from. And most of the time, like it's exactly that. There are there have been some exceptions. Like technically, the other big kaiju genre or kaiju franchise in Japan, Godzilla, um, '85 is the start of the Heisei era of films. But technically, it could be grouped in with the Showa era because the emperor was still Emperor Showa. Side tidbit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For sure. For sure. So anyway. Uh, so a proto version that was the term that john used a proto version of this was produced by die home video in 1991 and included as a special feature on the japanese laserdisc box set gamera perfect preservation project remember laserdisc <laughs> i was about to say whenever i hear laserdisc i think of the weirdly i think of the early 90s um, and I think about the joke in the Three Ninjas movie, just how expensive CDs and DVDs were, because Laserdisc was still a thing. Um, but then also I think of the episode of Community where Troy is like, sounds sexy, Laserdisc. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Anyways, sorry. Now, oh, what was that, Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Space Woman Kalara, played by Mok Fumiaki. That's what I was trying to remember. Yes, I had a little talk with Space Woman Kalara once. She's a pleasant woman. Looks good in spandex and and a cape, but still terrible, terrible, terrible 
movie. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, don't you dare bring up Yeti. We're not going there. Anyway. Jimmy, I love I love your input, but we're we're having difficulty staying on target. I need you to keep us staying on target, buddy. <laughs> yes, yeah, stay on target. Your favorite movie ever. Whatever. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> this uh, this proto version, you can't actually see it because it's been released really? by both Shout Factory and Arrow Video yeah. as a special feature. So I have nice. seen it because I have the Arrow box set. I got it for the film vault. You know, it's the best versions of the movies that you can get. So I had mm-hmm. to get. So Yuasa said that this was supposed to be his grand finale for Gamera and was, quote, in his head. You know, this was all in his head. But it's unknown if this was supposed to be it. He was just saying that he had a grand finale in mind. Right. So people were wondering if that's what this was supposed to was if this is what that was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But you got to understand, Yuasa directed all but one of the Showa Gamera movies. So, you know, for him, Gamera was kind of his baby. Yeah. He took yeah. great pride in it. It's probably a little misplaced, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> the proto version consisted, oh, comp- the proto version is comprised of drawings, stock music from Gamera versus Giron narration and small models the narrator touts this as a modern version of a quote-unquote gamera that never was so here's the story breakdown for this and this is from the proto version mm-hmm. the snake-like gara sharp curls around government buildings in shinjuku which was notoriously <laughs> in uh, destroyed in godzilla versus king Ghidorah because they had just been built that yep. year Garsharp sticks tongue down Gamps' strength. <laughs> and that's uh, extra French kissing there. I'm just yeah, <laughs> uh, turning him white, not unlike what happens to him in Gamera versus Jiger, which is the next Gamera movie getting riffed by MSD3K. <laughs> Gamera gets a second wind. That's miraculous, but it's Gamera. Fights yep. Gar and then fights Garsharp in Tokyo. The poison gas emitted by Garsharp sets the area on fire. Not quite sure how that works, but okay. Flammable poison gas. The JSDF tricks Garsharp into swallowing explosives, which are detonated by Gamera's <laughs> flame breath. But the Shyamalan twist out of, Garsharp, uh, out of Garsharp's body comes two baby kaiju. But... <laughs> What? Gamera cares about the kids. He is the friend to all children, including kaiju kids. And I don't mean like kids who love kaiju. I mean actual child kaiju. He saves them from the military, flies them to an island, breaks their fangs and horns so they can't ever hurt anybody, and leaves. Yeah, I I, I was going to say, he's uh, he's pushing the definition of friendship when, uh, (laughs) sure, he's helping them not hurt anybody. You could also look that as assault or maiming two creatures. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to snap out your teeth and the horns off your head. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a nice thing. That's something friends do. Just walk up and punch people in the mouth and pull off their nose. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, 
Uh, he's also assuming they don't grow back. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. It's <laughs> just like, okay, Gabra. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's aggressive. I know. Yeah. I know their mama got aggressive with you, but but don't take it out on them. <laughs> All right. Well, there and there was a, a proposed sequel to this that would have had a blowfish-like monster. And <laughs> whew, I am going to try my best with this name. All right. <clears throat> Maruko Maruka Bukarapa. Maruko Koopa. Is it? Maruko Bukarapa. Maruko Bukarapa. Maruko Bukarapa. This sounds like something. Parappa the Rappa. I was just. Like, I could picture him like. Maruka Buka Rapa Isn't that what the crazy priest that was saying in Temple of Doom? <laughs> seriously, seriously. Like, it's just like, guys, this would not work. This is like, that's, how many syllables is this? <laughs> A lot? <laughs> you can't break it. You can't break it down. You just, it's yeah. just not mm. working. Well, in another proto version, because there are two of them, <laughs> made for the Daimajin Gamma, oh, excuse me, made for the Daikaiju Gamera data disc. Not sure what that is, but okay. The story is brought to life with extravagant artwork and sound effects like a storybook. Garsharp is revived by electricity and rampages through Shinjuku. She eats electricity like Gamera does fire. That is a thing. Gamera likes mm-hmm. to eat fire. Military or, attacks make her stronger and larger. What? I was saying, or like Kong with electricity in the original uh, in the Godzilla Toho ver- yeah, Kong. in the Toho films, yes. Or uh, legend, or the Mudos in the first legendary Godzilla film with uh, nukes. Yes. So the military attacks make her stronger and larger. That's wonderful. <laughs> this include and this included two teens named Masaru and Judy because they wanted yep. to continue the Japanese and Caucasian team up tradition yep. with the kids from Show Gamera. Yes, we know Jimmy, you were one of the token white kids. So <laughs> anyway, so Garsharp stabs Gamera with her stinger tail and then sticks her tongue down his throat because apparently that's her thing. Yep. And then Gamera defeats her by flying her into the air and spinning so hard she rips in twain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so death by centripetal force. Seriously. Yeah, that's um Yep. Oh, I forgot to mention that Garsharp has a sonic rattle. That was one of her powers. So it's like a rattlesnake, but it yeah. makes sonic waves. So I guess it would wreck your eardrums. And Garsharp is so popular with fans that Yuri uh, made a figure of this monster, even though this monster never existed. And if you get the Arrow, the original, if you can't get, you can't really get it anymore. But if you have the original. A version of the Arrow Gamera set. The booklet has an illustration of Garsharp on the back cover, and that's by like Matt Frank did Matt the Frank. illustrations, right? Nice. Yes. And I'm just gonna throw this out there for our mutual friend and frequent guest and just awesome, awesome podcast host and uh, Pokemon YouTuber uh, Bex from Redeemed Otaku. Uh, as you're describing the Sonic Rattle, I'm picturing Ekans from Pokemon. 
in the first generation of games when they did like uh, Sonic, whatever the hell the attack was, um, it would just be like this rolling wave <laughs> that would just spill out of its mouth. I'm picturing that, but out of a tail. Um, <laughs> so I'm just like, all right. Um, yeah, this one, I don't know. Like the monster sounds interesting. Um, even the like jokes aside about the forced Frenching, um, like, <laughs> like uh, that could be that like in some way if that's like its kill shot, that's kind of interesting to me because it get, it has that like Kong Skull Island energy of like I'm going to rip your insides out through your mouth. Um, <laughs> where it's like if it's like it, that, I'm like, it was okay. it, it was the kiss of death before the kiss of death from Godzilla right? 2014. Like, like if it if it's something like that, then then I'm down for it. If that's the explanation, like if they showed it, do it to something else earlier. Sure, I'm down. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> the baby angle, um, the baby angle is kind of interesting. I will say that. I think so. I honestly well, think the first proto version is more interesting than the second. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, baby, uh, like, why oh, can't. I was about to say massacring. That's not the M word I'm looking for. Uh, but, you know, like uh, like ripping off parts of this, uh, like this unguilty child aside, I'm interested in the baby aspects. <laughs> and they were twins. <laughs> I know. Like, that, it, it reminds me a bit. I'm like, okay, that's, see, that's where I'm like, okay, that reminds me of Mothra. And you could look at that as getting reference from Mothra, but it's not a horrible, clear cut, like, absolute unabashed unhideable in anyways i'm not going down that range again <laughs> yeah yeah we um, can go on to the next one if you want yeah I'll, this was I'll, another I'll just, uh this was another early 90s effort so i'll also say that the proto version is one i i'm kind of it's one where i'm like hey color me interested mm -hmm. um so also this this next one we're talking about um now i believe the image i'm using it's a it's actually the image in the display and i think there was a novelization of this so i'm pretty sure that's yes. where this image is from yes yeah, there was this was uh this was uh this did get adapted into a novel by the right. uh by the same screenwriter so I'm, I'm using the picture that i think was the cover of the novel but it, it even though it got made as a book it was a planned as a movie and it's one that i'm i'm kind of interested in um so this is i called... think the story needs some refinement but yeah yeah well it's it's also one of those where i'm like it's got it the title is what catches the interest maybe not to the degree of, of the ice men from outer space but you're like okay this sounds interesting and it was going to be called it was called armageddon gamera versus phoenix um so this was a story developed by uh Nissan Takahashi, uh, at the same time as uh, Kazunori Ito. Kazunori Ito's Gamera script, which we will touch on in a little bit. It was intended, it was also intended to be a one hour direct to video special and not a full fledged reboot. And Gamera is a franchise that you could, like to me, when I think about it, especially with how things ended during the Showa era, I'm like, I could see Gamera going like the land before time route where. It, you've just got the straight to DVD, straight to video sequels, just without the songs. Um, so, <laughs> moving on. Um, 
it was uh, it's unknown who approached first uh, Takahashi or the studio or when it was written. And there was a 33 page treatment treatment. Uh, the story would have been in Peru at the Nazca lines, a journalist, a journalist named Rico um, investigates a newly discovered geolith, uh, geoglyph. Uh, Geoglyph. Yep, my bad. Yeah. Now, just... now, so just so just so everyone knows, a geo. This is an actual thing mm-hmm. in uh, in Peru. Geoglyphs. They are these massive. Yeah, these massive glyphs that are actually basically ground into the earth itself, and you can only see what they look like from the air. So people are wondering how in the heck these these ancient people knew how to make these things especially if they're apparently they're meant to be seen from the air and there's all kinds of wild theories related to it some of which involve aliens so there you go yeah (laughs) um so uh rico is investing investigating this newly discovered geo geoglyph of a phoenix then gamma raw emerges (laughs) from a turtle uh, from a turtle geoglyph and flies around the world, destroying factories. Uh, in Tokyo, the sun burns a hole in the weakened ozone layer. This this sounds like a, both a 90s movie and something that could have come out in the 2010s. Um, <laughs> with that plot point right there. Um, so, with that whole... I, I, actually ozone, thought it, it, I actually thought it reminded me of a banned movie that I have gained access to called Prophecies of Nostradamus. So, <laughs> um, so uh, this uh, the sun burns a hole through the weakened ozone layer, and that'll uh, which allows it to bore a hole uh, to Earth's mantle, from which emerges the Phoenix, a violent eternal firebird. Uh, violent get, eternal firebird. That sounds like another band. Another name. band name. <laughs> uh, so then, then Gamera fights it and stuffs it back into the earth. Rico reveals Gamera was only attacking the factories to prevent the damage to the ozone layer. Uh, Gamera shields the earth from the sun's rays and flies into the sky to somehow repair the damage. So think the worst Superman movie of all time. (laughs) No, it's still Superman (laughs) three. But instead of instead of nuclear warheads, the theme is recycle. <laughs> so it is. We're it, we're taking that next step into the nineties. We're away from nuclear energy, and we're now all about recycling. <laughs> um. So there, there there's aspects of it where I'm like, yeah, this could this could probably use another pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the the novel does flesh some things out, but it's kind of weird. But we'll get to that. All right. Let, let's keep going uh, through. Yes. And I'll also say, I uh, there's parts of this already where I'm like, yeah, I'm interested. I I don't know if there's an English version of the novel, and especially probably not an audio book. But this is one I'm curious about. There's uh, uh, there isn't uh, the novel hasn't been translated. Didn't think John so. mentioned that in that chapter. He's like. He's looked at a translation uh, like he's tried to translate it and take a look at it. But he's like someone who knows Japanese and Buddhism better needs to translate this because it confused him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, like, also some of the stuff like there are certain franchises that just haven't popped in North America enough to ever be like, oh, yeah, we'll import the novel. The little yeah. known novel. Yeah, and then well, and that it. that synopsis right there doesn't actually tell you all uh, some of the crazier plot points that are in this. Which, yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll sure, get into I'm it. Sure we're about so um, 
so it's possible that Takahashi was to write this special while Ito wrote a feature film. Um, it's unknown if this would have been appropriate for budget constraints. Um, and there are lots of gamer scenes, but he only fights his foe once. And that only happened one other time in Gamera versus Virus. Um, yes, Jimmy, stop reminding us that that's the one that about you. <laughs> Jimmy, um, uh, you know what? I, I'm down for it, man. Nathan's getting that shamelessly plug throughout the episode. You get to as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fine. So fine. It, it's fair. <laughs> um, all right. So it's possible that some of Takahashi's ideas from the Wyvern story would have found their way into this. Um, and that's also something I believe that's something a lot of filmmakers do where it's like, if they had an idea that they were attached to, but they couldn't make it work, they try to make it, they try to workshop it later into something else. Um, yeah, and just so everybody knows, I'll be nice to my producer. I'll be nice. I'll be nice. <laughs> if you want to hear that episode of the film vault yes. about Gamera versus Virus, however you want to say it, it's episode 39. There you well, go. I was, Happy. I was just trying not to accidentally say virus. Um, <laughs> virus. So, vi I think it's actually supposed to be pronounced virus. Oh, dang. All right. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, Takahashi was giving it was given ownership of the Gamera character. This is weird. This is so weird. It is to me. But this is um, a whole to do unto itself. I had to summarize it quickly. Well, I'm actually really surprised that um, like it's not the the other dude. Uh, we were talking about who's like got Yuasa? the pride. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not Yuasa. Um, all right, so uh, it's because I, Takahashi let's... was the screenwriter, right? Um, all right, so sorry, I lost my spot. Um, he was given ownership of the character when Dae filed for bankruptcy, so he was unhappy with being cut out of the new film. That new film eventually being Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Um, so. Um, no, no, it was supposed to be oh, this one. That oh, he was, right. Sorry, sorry. The I Gamera versus Phoenix. He was cut out of it? Yeah, if they had gone through to make a movie, they, they wouldn't they would have had him work on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Then I, I, I just got mixed up. Okay, so, yep. um, so he published this story as a novel in 1995 to coincide with the release of one of the best Gamera movies and from the best films in the franchise um, from Gamera Guardian of the Universe. Okay, um, but he did retitle this I thing. I know, and this title and is actually And we go awesome. from Armageddon Gamera versus Phoenix to one of the most hilarious titles I have heard in a long time. This needs to be somebody, this needs to be a, a Kaiju Metal Band's album title. Well, I'm just seriously, I, I, as much as I dug the original title of Armageddon Gamera versus Phoenix, I'm like, all right, that's got that different tone. That's got that dark tone. But this one, I'm like, okay, if we're, if we're doing this like light, oh my gosh, I want this movie. The, the novel was called Gamera versus Phoenix, Monster War of Love and Emotion. <laughs> and that's awesome like that that title i'm just like yeah no that's a winner if i've ever heard one that's i'm much more interested in this now <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and now we get into some more plot details from the novel yes that are not so, in the in the screen that are not in the treatment for this special but some of the some of these i'm like this is interesting um all right so in the beginning of the novel Rico tells her clueless friend Elsa 
um, who, if this wasn't coming out in 1991, I'd be like, it'd be the, it'd be the girl from Clueless, Alicia Silverstone. They could just (laughs) get the, get the token white girl and just have it be Clueless and bam. Um, okay. Uh, Well, I think if I remember correctly, Rico is supposed, I think she's supposed to be Japanese American. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So then they're eliminating the token white girl. Um, No, Rico, no, Rico's just, uh, is Japanese. She just, she was just born in America. Yeah. Um, all right. So she she tells her clueless friend Elsa about Gamera's history when he emerges from the geoglyph. She posits that there were several Gameras, which is a throwaway line in the original film, and this question is never answered. What's kind of cool is they do something with this in the high safe films. Yes. Um, and then, of course, also Gamera the Brave. Um, mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> okay this is sorry, where we I, I start getting the, weird with the mot with the phoenix <laughs> I, I sorry i was seeing the point after that where i'm like what <laughs> um, all right so the phoenix is a copy of the firebird from the hanna barbera godzilla cartoon it has no eyes and is entirely made of fire gamera saws it in half while flying but it reforms in one scene it impales itself on the tokyo tower because according to an immortal woman, it's miserable and suicidal. Gamera <laughs> wants to end its suffering. What so is I guess this movie? so I guess it's just like what <laughs> Queen told us. Who wants to live forever? Well, I'm, I'm just like, where is love and emotion in this? <laughs> I guess it's the emotion Gamera feels that's trying to stop this suicidal blind Moltres. Um, <laughs> I don't think Another it's Pokemon blind. Reference. It just doesn't have eyes. Well, uh, and and uh, also, I hope that didn't sound mean to blind people. So let me rephrase that. <laughs> this suicidal eyeless Moltres. <laughs> that's yes. what, I, I'm not even picturing the Firebird from Hanna Barbera. I'm just picturing picturing Moltres from Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, from the Pokemon. Brain too. Yep. yep. Nope. Um, all right. So then. This yeah, is but about... because Gamera's going around destroying factories. Yeah, and I I also get it. I mean, like Gamera wants to end its suffering, and as we saw in the last. No, pitch, no, Gamera... well, I w- I was referring to the next point that you were shocked by because this yes, Gamera's yes. going around destroying sorry, factories. Sorry. So I, I was going to make a dig at Gamera mauling children, uh, the children <laughs> monsters. Where I'm like, I could buy Gamera wanting to end its suffering painfully. Um, <laughs> all right, so <laughs> carrying on. Yes, because it's attacking factories. Uh, Gamera swings by a pre-famous M&M's hometown of Detroit and <laughs> attacks Detroit. Um, <laughs> and then when uh, we get to the big fight with the Firebird, we get into some Showa Gamera nuttiness. <laughs> yes, where Gamera drops an iceberg on on uh, on the phoenix presumably possibly releasing godzilla depending on which movie uh, actually i was thinking more like gamers just like well this worked for the titanic well, yeah i was gonna say like I, I, i'm gonna save a boat and end this bird um so then that is drags- the line of the episode right there i'm gonna save this boat and end this bird <laughs> it's a it's the crossover that's it's the it's the plot point that needed speed that speed two needed 
because that's a tor- <laughs> terrible, terrible movie. All right. Yeah, anyway. But anyway, after yeah, the after, iceberg. <laughs> after dropping an iceberg on it, because why not? Um, Gamera drags it into Tokyo Bay, boiling the bay. Um, <laughs> and he gets on all fours to shield soldiers from the Phoenix's rays. This is definitely not just this is show. This is show a nonsense. It's show a Gamera nonsense. And I'm like, this is another thing where I feel like that that line I will always reference from Death Battle of like after absorbing a dead pterodactyl soul. Okay, this has this that is kind of this is Silver Age Superman craziness, right? Like here. this has that level of energy where you're like. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so if that, if that stuff wasn't weird enough, <laughs> the ending is also quite weird. The Phoenix geoglyph returns when the Firebird is sent back to Earth, but the Turtle geoglyph doesn't because Camera, uh, sorry, not Camera, Gamera can't return to the Earth because he's in the sky. What? Um, but Rico <laughs> sings a mystical song. <laughs> Heard throughout the story at Nazca, and when her tears hit the sand, a new geoglyph forms. Takahashi closes the novel um, with the English words, the beginning. Instead Um, of the end, it's the the beginning. And the beginning. After that one, we've got... uh, Take us to the next one, Mike. Well, well, I I do want to mention this really quick. A couple more points. I know we uh, got to wrap this up quickly, but the novel has a subplot and a diversion that was added Mm -hmm. to beef up the story from the script. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The uh, (laughs) the aforementioned immortal woman, her name was Miwa, and there are flashbacks that delve deep into Buddhism and span Japanese history. My Highlander joke suddenly makes more sense. John (laughs) says someone with a better understanding of Japanese language and culture needs to read it to explain it better. And then the diversion has Rico visiting her friend Terry, who's a makeup artist in Hollywood. And his house is full of classic movie props, including a Wolfman mask and presumably the DeLorean. Huh. Now, Rico <laughs> mentions to him that she's making a documentary on illegal Japanese immigrants in America, which I didn't know that was a thing. But then she just goes back to Japan and Terry's never seen again. Uh, Terry doesn't sound that important anyway. Uh, I guess not. Um. <laughs> uh, Takahashi wanted Ashiro Honda to direct this, <laughs> but he politely declined. Yeah, Honda wasn't even doing Godzilla movies at this point. I can't imagine he'd be like, yeah, I'm game for this. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. although maybe he's thinking of back to when Honda back in the 60s sent him a postcard saying that he liked Gamera versus Gauss. I don't right. know. Uh, there is a po- it's possible that there are a few things that influence the Heisei trilogy from this, namely that the mm-hmm. Phoenix is like Gauss and the geoglyphs are like the four guardians from Gamera three, but no one is sure. Anyway, let's just breeze through these last few here. So then we have Gamera from 1930 from 1993. This is the first draft of Guardian of the Universe. Mm-hmm. So this we were hinting at this before. So Kazunori uh, Ito. Who's a, who was an anime screenwriter was working on this, and it also has some elements in it that seem strangely similar to Gamera the Brave. So here you go. 
The story in this one, the remains of Atlantis are found awakening Gamera and Gauss. Gamera's egg is found by a boy named Jun who raises the little turtle who hatches from it. Meanwhile, Dr. Hidaka, remember that name? Holy Gamera the Brave, Batman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's some Gamera the Brave elements in this, too. Dr. Hidaka studies Gauss in a lab, and it escapes and goes on a killing spree, naturally. The rapidly growing Gauss gets attention. Wait, no, excuse me. The rapidly growing Gamera gets attention from the military forces led by a guy named Miyata, but Jun, his friends, Momoko, his teacher, and I wonder if that's a reference because Momoko Kochi was the name of an actress from the original Godzilla film, and Dr. Odaka convinced him to leave Gamera alone and help the big turtle fight Gauss. So there you go. That's the story in a nutshell. (laughs) So Gamera and Gauss being creations of Atlantis was kept, but the exploration of the lost city was dropped. And that's kind of unfortunate. Uh, The children have a psychic connection with Gamera, but not his favorite 11 year old June. No, it's (laughs) Mari, a seven year old girl who has the strongest connection. Yep. Although all the kids have a share a dream together that is implied to be a psychic vision of Gamma fighting Gauss in ancient Atlantis. Final battle is also similar because the kaiju are fighting in the streets of Tokyo and the characters are watching from a helicopter. So that's probably stuff that carried over from Ito's draft into the next one. Now, the similarity to the brave, you've already picked up on some of it. You have a boy who raises a baby Gamera who grows rapidly. The boy has also lost his parents and the boy worries about Gamera fighting the military, and the children have a relay. Just like in <laughs> Bex's favorite scene in Gamera the Brave that made her cry. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally get it. <laughs> oh, Bex. Yes. There's yeah. also a bonfire scene similar to Gamera 2 after Gamera takes a bomb blast meant for Gauss. He revives and he flies away. There are also nods to Gamera versus Gauss, the original 60s film, with Jun riding on Gamera's back and Gauss being hurt by sunlight. Gauss, it's revealed, was created by a rival civilization to Atlantis. Maybe it was Cetopia. I don't know. (laughs) There are horror scenes that would have been deemed too disturbing for, well, American kids anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there, a yeah, newly but... hatched Gauss bites a lady scientist's nose. Uh, the same scientist is later attacked by a human-sized Gauss, and her headless body is found later. Nope. <laughs> Gauss eats a juvenile delinquent, his face reflected in the monster's eyes. Gauss eats also Shibuya citizens and has blood dripping from his teeth. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and this is for you know, for the kids anyway yep. uh, well, there's the although this between... is my favorite this is my favorite part someone needs to do this in a movie seriously there's a meta scene where the children build a miniature city with cardboard and have the tortoise-sized gamera stomp through it <laughs> <laughs> that feels like something that would have been in the brave <laughs> <laughs> it does i wish it was the script was revised by Ito in November 1993 when director Shusuke Kaneko joined the project. And if you want to learn more about the Heisei Gamera trilogy, listen to MIV, MIFV episodes 48, 51, and 54. Oh, 54 is about the brave. I take that back. <laughs> yeah. 
So there you go. You can learn more um, about that there. And one I'll quickly mention before I go into the next entry on our list is one that, like, in some ways you're like, how hasn't this happened? But then we, we've talked about it more in depth on our Godzilla episode, go into the archives. But there were two at time, there were two pitches um, at times for what is like the most logical kaiju crossover that just never happened. Godzilla versus Gamera or Gamera versus Godzilla. There was a pitch in 1995 and then again, yeah, in which would have originally been Gamera three. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That would have been quite different. I, I'm as much as I want Godzilla versus Gamera. I don't want anything to impact like both the, like both the high bar of the high say trilogy of Gamera um, cause that ending was amazing, but I also love how the Godzilla high safe franchise yep. ends. Yep. The, so I don't want anything impacting either of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the original Gamera three, it was proposed by Mr. Tokuma, who was behind Takuma publishing, which owned Daie. And he said he wanted to cap off the trilogy with a crossover with Godzilla. That's really all that came and, of it other than some talk about it. And then and in, like, nope. <laughs> yeah, and then in 2002 we got brought up again. And Toho's you know, further like, no. After Katakawa bought Daie, and they <laughs> went to Toho and said, "Hey, let's make Godzilla versus Gamera," and Toho said, "No ho." So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also uh, randomly, I saw the uh, Jill and I saw the Jujutsu Kaisen prequel movie last night. And Toho was a studio involved in it. So seeing the Toho logo on the big screen was awesome. Um, ah, good. Uh, yeah. All right. So we're, we we got to fly through these just because yep, I, yep. I, I am. Gamma for, uh, for truth. Now, I admit this is. I'm cheating a little bit on this one, but it's. But it's interesting. It's interesting <laughs> because there's a lot of Kaiju fan films out there, but this is one of the more well-known ones and it's kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Kinda, but not really. So it's a lost fan film from 2003, written and directed by Shinpei Hayashia, who's a Rokugo artist. Mm-hmm. And basically, to put it succinctly, it's like Rokugo is a Japanese uh, art form that basically combines stand-up comedy, uh, stand-up comedy, and storytelling. There's more to it than that, but that's basically what it is. Go do your research. <laughs> it impressed Daie so much, they hosted several theater screenings of it. Uh, while it was privately screened at G-Fest in 2014, it has remained buried. Mm-hmm. Arrow tried to get it, but it was one of the few things Katakawa said no to when they were making the set. Now, there is a clip that surfaced on YouTube, uh, which is part of a news report. They were interviewing Hayashi. I think they were interviewing Hayashiya about it. That's the most you're going to see of it. Yeah, you can't find it anywhere. Yeah, (laughs) Hayashiya made it because he's a kaiju super fan and he didn't like the end of Gamera 3, so he made his own sequel. (laughs) (laughs) The story in a nutshell is Gamera fights the horde of Gauss from the end of Gamera 3, killing them with a new spinning mana attack, but an albino Gauss rises and and strikes him down. Nagamine and Osako... There are a couple of characters from the trilogy are recruited to study this new mutation. The JSDF is ineffective against the new Gauss, but Gamera resurrects and kills Albino Gauss. Gamera then attacks Tokyo, but it's learned later that he's destroying a Gauss nest. 
So if you find the clip and watch it, which you may want to include that in the show notes. Yeah, Chris, if I can find it, I, I will. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll look it up for you. Thanks. The CGI is <laughs> cartoonish, to say the least, but the choreography, is, as described, is pretty fantastic. Gamera uses mana to create tornadoes and then sprouts. You remember how he, you know, he blew off his own hand yeah. at the end of that movie? Yeah, yeah, he sprouts basically a lightsaber made of mana from his hand. Naturally. Uh, <laughs> uh, Yukijiro Hotaro, who played Inspector Osako in the Heisei trilogy, reprises his role in this. In fact, he's appears in a he just acts in everything now he's just in everything uh, nagamine uh, is played by a new actress and hayashia himself plays saito a bureaucrat from gamma guardian of the universe in gamma three <laughs> uh, there were puppets and cgi used although they didn't always blend well together which i kind of got watching the one clip online Hayashiya gained enough attention from this that he made his own trilogy of kaiju films that have been released by SRS Cinema. Rago, King of the Sea Monsters, Raiga, God of the Monsters, and God Raiga versus King Oga. Which I'm, I'm curious in checking out. This is one of those where I, I understand why it hasn't been released, but I'm curious. I, I'd love if they eventually did. I get yeah. why it has it, though. Um, yeah. Yep, and then the next thing that we have in line, because mm -hmm. I, I would love to see this fan film. I really would like to at some point. I yeah, would, but you know that one um, I can't even. I've so, gotten a lot of weird movies into the film fall, but I can't get that apparently. Anyway, <laughs> Gamera. Then believe it or not, for a hot second, there was going to be a Gamera animated series, which what I'd love. I'd love that yeah. one in two thousand five. That's the way it could make sense for over here outside of the Gamera audience. Yeah. Like a oh. cartoon. Yeah. 2005, there's going to be a Gamera animated series. ICV2, an online trade magazine, reported October 31st, 2005, that Katakawa and Cartoon Network <laughs> were partnering together to make a Gamera animated series, but it never materialized. And John thinks it might have been because Gamera the Brave flopped at the box office. <laughs> yeah. It it didn't do well over here. Yeah. It didn't get the respect. Yeah. yeah. But um, you remember sorry. how we talked about how there was going to be Godzilla 3D to the max? Yep. Well, <laughs> what a title. Because that got shut down. Uh, Yoshimitsu Bano, director of Godzilla versus Hedera or Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. And, he, and the guy trying to get that made is like, oh, if I can't get Godzilla, I'll do Gamera. <laughs> <laughs> so Gamera fights a monster named Gyra, and no, not the Gyra from War of the Gargantuas, that wreaks environmental havoc because, of course, it's Yoshimitsu Bano. <laughs> it has a final humanoid form named Namagon, which has big hands, tentacles, and multiple eyes because, of course, Gross. he's a red-scaled fish-slash-reptile quadra uh, quadruped, and he comes in a meteor. Because, of course, <laughs> this dude's got one Naturally. story in him. And <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, um, uh, the film has two kids, one of whom has a terminally ill father due to pollution. Because, of course, <laughs> they care for a young turtle and a bigger turtle rewards them by taking them to a cave full of, quote, dancing fish and other wonders. <laughs> Because of course it's Yoshimitsu Bano. <laughs> Gamera 
has you might appreciate this, <laughs> Chris. <I> Gamera <laughs> has a sidekick in this named Son Goku. Yes, that Son Goku. <laughs> the character from the, the, the Monkey King from yeah. Journey to the West. He appears from a magic box the children found in that cave. <laughs> and then when Namagon is defeated, she, quote unquote, purifies and goes back to restoring Earth before returning to space. <laughs> it was to be a 40 minute, it was supposed to be 40 minutes long and paired with a short titled Jewelers 3D about cute aliens living in water. <laughs> and this didn't happen because Bono died. <laughs> yeah. The death of Bono put that on the back burner. Never happened. And um, then finally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say, uh, listener, if it sounds like we're rushing, it's because unfortunately I have actually got to get going. Um, just because I'm taking someone in and Chris ran out of time. Sorry, Nathan, please. Yeah. Yeah, please go. <laughs> so then finally, we and then we t I think I've talked about this before a little bit, actually, on the film vault. Uh, there was a Gamera movie to be made in 2015. This trailer was dope. Yeah, it only got as far as a proof of concept trailer, which you can find on YouTube pretty easy. And I'll be attaching it in the description. I yeah. actually, I'm really upset that they never followed through with that because it was awesome. Yeah. So Katakawa showed a proof of concept trailer at New York City Comic Con in 2015 for a new Gamera film for his 50th anniversary. It was to be written and directed by Katsuhito Ishii. It had CGI monsters, including a very sharply angular Gamera. <laughs> Yeah, yes, what appeared yeah. to be Gauss <laughs> and a tentacled monster that could destroy things by enveloping them in a bubble, which is both silly and horrifying. Yep. <laughs> the story revolved around a boy evacuating with his father during a monster attack only for his father to die and Gamera to save him in a rather gruesome fashion <laughs> because uh, the Gauss's eyes popped and his head exploded. <laughs> and then yeah. flashes forward to the boy, now grown up, as the tentacled monster I mentioned earlier attacks the city. And it promises, quote, he will return. And unfortunately, <laughs> it never happened. Nothing came of it. Yeah. Um. And that is it, listener, for our list of Gamera unmade movies. Uh, Nathan and Jimmy, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so sorry that we had to cut short at the end there. I really do apologize, but I unfortunately actually got to get going. Nathan, as always, thank you so much for, for all, all everything you bring to this episode, uh, your episode, all the research and the access you have to stuff that I don't. Mm -hmm. I'm really sad that this 15 didn't happen. Um, Nathan, in a quick in a quick couple seconds, please. We've done shameless plugging throughout, but where can people find you other than the Monster Island Film Vault? <laughs> uh, you can also check out my two other podcasts. Not, not <laughs> one of which got name dropped. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Henshin Men, which is about Henshin heroes. I co-host that with Travis Alexander, and then the other one, which is near and dear to you, is the Power Trip: A Journey <laughs> Through the Power Rangers franchise, which I co-host with Michael Hamilton. <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm very busy. In fact, I will be recording with Michael right after I'm done talking to you. So 
Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, yeah, my... I have a, I live a very itinerant life, and then oh, you can goodness, also yes. uh, check out my writings because you can find all the the podcasts on their own things. I I am also a contributor to Kaiju Ramen Magazine. There are uh, all all of these shows are on all the show on on all the socials, and you can check out my author website because I'm also on a writer at NathanJSMarchand.com. I would normally tell the joke here, but we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would include the links. I will include the links in the description. Um, listeners, thank you all for listening. I, I hope you enjoyed this dive into unmade kaiju history. Nathan and Jimmy, thank you so much for joining. Um, and thank you for bringing all this. I look forward to doing more with you. And listener, again, you can check out Nathan in a dramatic role on Power Rangers, <laughs> the audio drama. And it's awesome. All that being said, <laughs> of course it is. It's because it's about Rito. <laughs> all that being Rito, said, the I real star all... of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you all have a wonderful day. Take care and God bless, my friends. Peace.